Summer kickoff tonight, and we are also talking about seasons. Um, That's going to kind of be our theme tonight. How do you navigate the different seasons of life? So let's talk about this. Think about what's your favorite season. All right, show of hands. How many of you would say fall is your favorite season? Yeah, a lot of Northwest Ohioans love the fall. How about winter? Anybody winter is your favorite season? Okay, we're the body of Christ here, okay? No need to get ugly towards those kinds of people. Okay, and then how about spring? Anybody spring's your favorite? How about summer? Anybody summer's your favorite season? Okay, yeah, that's what I kind of figured by and large, kind of a smattering of everywhere, but summer is probably the most favorite, if you will. I walked out of my house the other morning, and I kind of had this revelation, right? It was was pretty early in the morning. I was going to my car, and I had this series of thoughts. I went, I don't have to scrape my windows today. I'm not wearing a coat, right? All these thoughts started crossing my mind. I have to mow, but I don't have to salt the ice and shovel. Like, it was like, this is summer, because you're never quite sure till June, right, if, if, if winter's going to come back or not. One of the things that we have living here is we have different seasons, and, and each season is different than the other ones. And you get into summer, and you're like, okay, this is, this is kind of a cool season because there's certain things that come with it. Tonight, we're going to talk about seasons. Our first Wednesday services are always a little bit different because they're a little bit more relaxed than maybe on a Sunday morning. And one of the things that I hope you'll do in these services is, is maybe even engage a little bit more. On Sunday mornings, a lot of times, we, we try to make it kind of because we, we have a, a lot of guests and a lot of people come and going, a little bit more accessible in some ways with scriptures on the screens and those kinds of things. Um, tonight, we're not going to use the screens at all. If you have a Bible, I'd like for you to use it, whether you have it on an app or you have a print version. I'd like for you to, to, to kind of use those tools a little bit. What happens if you, if, you don't, if you don't use those tools, you kind of start to get dull with those tools, don't you? And so we, we want to do that tonight. If you don't have a print Bible with you, but you have a phone or a tablet, we've got Wi-Fi that you can connect to. And I'd encourage you, go out to wherever you get your, your apps, whether that's uh, through you have an Android or you have an Apple device or whatever, and just search for Bible. It'll come up from either life.church or version, and that's, that's the tool that we use a lot for our notes on Sundays. Um, so we're going to walk through this a little bit. Um, and this, this teaching kind of took on a little bit of a life of its own as I was working on it. So what we probably will do is we will post it uh, under this series, the Voices in My Head series, probably uh, later this week, first part of next week, and I'll have actually some notes with it from what we're looking at tonight. But I want to talk about... Um, Seasons. These services are a little bit different because we, we start out with worship, then we spend some time in God's presence, then we're going to worship and pray a little bit more at the end. It's, it's really, in many ways, about how do we encounter the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives. And if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 1. When you talk about, or excuse me, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, when you talk about seasons, this is kind of the classic passage when you talk about seasons. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, starts out saying this, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Kind of the old King James version is kind of like to everything there is a season and then in the 60s, turn, turn, turn. You, you, like, so you know what I'm talking about there, right? It's not in the Bible, but kind of a cool song. This makes it pretty clear, right? Everything in life has a time. Everything in life has a season of some kind or another. What we want to talk about tonight is how do you, how do you navigate those seasons? How do you make the most of them? When, 
when you're in a season, what do you do in it? When you'd like to get out of a season, how do you do that? Like, and, and one of the things we're going to just talk about tonight is, is what do you do with the different seasons of your life? The best way, and we'll look at this passage and quite a few others, the best way maybe to do this is to ask some questions. So I'm going to encourage you to be somewhat introspective tonight, like, like to look inside your own heart, your own mind, your own life, and consider the season that you're in right now. And this is the first question that I have for you. If you're, you're taking notes, this is kind of the first question that we're considering tonight. And it's what kind of season are you in? Like for you right now, personally, what kind of season are you in? Is what that verse one of Ecclesiastes chapter three just told us is that life does come in seasons. So if that's true, it's helpful for me to know what season I'm in. Every so often, you'll hear of someone from the South who visits Toledo in the winter and hasn't prepared for it. (laughs) And they get here and realize that they failed to think about what season they might be in. And they get a very cold welcome, right? You know what I'm talking about? So we need to think about what season am I in? Here's here's a thought that I would share with you on this. Some, Some basic things. The first is this. Life comes in seasons. Like, that's a reality that I think we have to come to grips with called Life Comes in Seasons. I'm reading an interesting book right now, and I'm I'm probably not far enough into it to to give it a a must-read recommendation, but it's pretty interesting. It's called Your Life in Rhythm by a guy named Bruce Miller. He's a pastor of a church in, in Dallas, Texas. Your Life in Rhythm by Bruce Miller. And his point is that all of life has a rhythm to it. So many times we say that we want our lives to have balance, don't we? Like, I want to live a balanced life. And I think there's a good truth to that, right? I don't want my life to get out of balance. But sometimes I wonder if balance isn't a myth, right? Because I can't keep every part of my life in balance at all times, right? Because there's certain seasons where parts of our life demand other things. And the point that Miller makes in his book is that maybe rather than balance, we should think of our life as having a rhythm, that there are rhythms to it, that there are seasons where it requires different things of us. Sometimes when work requires something, sometimes when family requires something, sometimes when, when a need around us requires something. And we have to understand those different rhythms. If we find a healthy rhythm, rhythm, we'll be healthy. If we live with an unhealthy rhythm, then we'll be unhealthy. And this is an interesting thought because consider just music. If you just have sounds but no rhythm, That's not music, it's just noise, right? Think about it. Sounds without rhythm is just noise. It's not music. Somewhere there has to be a cadence to your life and what you do. Life thrives with rhythm, so it's important for us to understand the different rhythms in our lives. So then Miller talks about something that, the track with me here for just a moment, because this is gonna get a little bit, you know, sometimes it's just, you know, out there especially after food trucks, right? So just track with me for a couple minutes here. He says that when you talk about time, time can be considered in in two different ways. The Bible uses two different Greek words to talk about time. One is chronos, C-H-R-O-N-O-S, chronos. And that's one word for time. The other is kairos, K-A-I-R-O-S. That's another word for time, chronos, and kairos, so these are Greek words from ancient Greek from the first century. Chronos, that C-H-R-O-N-O-S, is time that's like in a cycle, okay? Have you ever heard a fancy watch called a chronometer? Right, so that's that word 
chronos, a, a timepiece, a chronometer tracks chronos. It, it tracks cycles. So that would be minutes and hours and days and weeks and months and years. All of those come to us in predictable cycles, don't they? And you know that those seconds are going to repeat themselves. And tomorrow, you'll have the same chronos, you'll have the same time, you'll have the same cycle of time that you have today. Chronos is largely about the quantity of time that you have. It's how much time you have and what comes in those cycles. If chronos is a cycle, then kairos is a season, right? It's a season of time, not just a cycle of time that's going to repeat itself, but kairos is a special season that you are in. Now, it's important that you learn to make the most of your, chi uh, your chronos. That's the, the, the watch, right? The, the quantity of time. But kairos has to do with the quality of time and the season that you're in. Those seasons are not repeatable. And when they do occur, when you get into like a similar season, they're never exactly the same. Christmas comes every year kind of at the same season. But have you ever had two Christmases that were exactly alike? No, because those seasons change. So if chronos is quantity of time, kairos is quality of time. Let me read you a couple of quotes from, from Miller's book. He says, kairos rhythms, this is the seasons, right, are most easily understood in relation to personal seasons and life stages. These seasons and stages are more like in a line than they are in a cycle. We move through them rather than repeating them. We don't repeat the seasons of our lives the same way that we repeat days. Some seasons we may experience more than once, but never in exactly the same way. These include events such as pregnancy, grief. I think this is interesting here. He put playoffs. Isn't that true? There are all kinds of playoffs happening right now. Building a home, moving to a new city, job changes. Aren't all those things seasons that we go through? When you change a job, that, that starts a new season in your life. When you move to a new home or a new city, that starts a new season in your life. When you have a baby, that starts a new season in your life, right? So that's how these things works. And so Kronos responds to regular cycles, but Kairos is this time that we have to come and we have to seize. Now, I thought this was fascinating. That word Kairos, and this was the picture for the ancient Greeks, right? So this isn't just a, a biblical concept. These are words that were used by the ancient Greeks. When they used the word kairos, kairos was considered the name of a god, the youngest son of the god Zeus in Greek mythology, right? So just so you back this up, this is not in the Bible, all right? So I don't want anybody going, the pastor at Calvary preaches mythology. No, he doesn't. I'm telling you a really cool thing about this word, all right? So kairos was the, the youngest son considered by the god uh, Zeus, who's kind of the head god, right? So Aesop, who told all those fables you had to learn in, in first and second grade, you remember that? Aesop told a fable about Kairos, that he was a very swift runner. Pastor Keith, Pastor Chris, you'll like this. He was bald. <laughs> except for he had a patch of hair right here at the front. And if you wanted to catch him, you had to grab him by his hair. The trick was, though, that his hair was only here at the front. So you could only catch him if you were able to grab him as he was coming towards you. You could never catch him once he was gone. 
So seasons are like this. You have to seize it when it's coming to you because once it's gone, you'll never get it back. Does that make sense? I thought that was a really helpful picture. Opportunities are these brief moments where things are possible. That's, that's that Kairos kind of season. So to that, we have this idea that some things are cycles, they're seasons, and some things are, there's seasons that come that we have to seize in those moments, they're opportunities, and go back and look at what the author of Ecclesiastes, what Solomon says. So if you still are in Ecclesiastes chapter three, look at this. He says, everything has a season. There's a time to be born and a time to die. There's a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. He just said a lot, didn't he? Every one of those you could unpack in a certain way in your lives. But here's the point. In ancient literature, when you would have extremes mentioned like that, a time for war and a time for peace, what they were saying was, and everything in between. Like, we're talking about the extremes, but we're saying that everything in life has a season and a time. So it's good for us to consider that life comes in seasons, and know this, that seasons change, don't they? Seasons change. I think much of our frustration in life comes because we fail to realize that life is not constant. Like we want life to stay one way and then when it changes, we get frustrated by that when maybe we need to consider the fact that probably the only thing constant is change, true? And we have to recognize that in our lives. We become disappointed when we fail to realize that seasons change. Seasons change. It's true. We're going to love summer for these next few months. And then guess what's going to happen? Same thing that happened last year. <laughs> Northwest Ohio has this way of like teasing us with fall and then bringing us a few 90-degree days, right? And then just slamming us with winter. <laughs> and then we get that spring that's like, what, three or four hours long? And then we jump into summer, <laughs> right? That's kind of that way it's been in, in the past. And we become disappointed when we feel to realize that seasons change. Now know this, it's okay for us to grieve for a past season or to long for a future one. Like it's okay. Like if, you're, if your favorite season is winter and all the snow melts and you're sad, it's, it's okay for you to be weird, right? That's fine, <laughs> right? If that's, if that's who you are. It's okay to grieve. Now, put that, put that in your, your, your life. Somewhere there's probably a season or a person or experience that that season has changed, and you're not there anymore, and maybe you'll never be there again. It's okay that you grieve those things. That's natural. It's also okay for you to long for a future one. Like, if, if it's winter, is it okay for us to daydream about summer? Absolutely, because there's, there's hope in that. Look, I'm longing, we're going to preach on this here probably end of July, first part of August, but, but I'm longing for a season when Jesus comes back again. Anybody? Yeah. Right? It's a part of our Christian faith is that we long 
for another season. Like, it's okay to be that. But here's the deal. If we fail to acknowledge that seasons change, like if we either get stuck in a season or we fail to recognize that there's a season that's coming or there's a season that's going, when we get stuck in a season, then those times, that's when it starts to disable us, I think, as a person and spiritually and and effectively in different ways. Here's the problem. If we fail to acknowledge that seasons change, it affects us. If If it's, you know, the deep cold part of February and you still think it's summer, you're gonna be in a bad shape around here, aren't you? You go walking out in your tank top shorts and flip flops. There's a couple things that, that, that are wrong with you, right, okay? <laughs> if you fail to acknowledge that the season has changed, one, you might be delusional, right? Where you're like, it's summer, but I've got frostbite, right? That's the, that's the thing that happens. You might be delusional. You also will probably end up defeated Because if you fail to recognize that it's winter and you go out and you're cold, you'll probably go back in your house and not want to come out again. Or you might start to get defensive and you just go, well, this just isn't my season. Like this, this isn't the right season for me because I want summer, I don't want winter. And we do that sometimes, maybe we don't do it in February, but we do it internally. And we either get delusional about the season we're in, we get defensive about the season we're in, and we get defeated about the season we're in. But maybe we need to recognize this. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 15. Solomon says, whatever is has been already, and what will be has been before. And God will call the past to account. Here's what he says. Seasons are going to happen. And you're going to go through these seasons, and they're going to change. So, so let's park here for just a minute. One last thought before we, we move. Remember, the question I'm asking you is, what's, what kind of season are you in now? And here's where all this gets kind of practical. Your season can be identified. Like, I think you can identify the season that you're in. And it's healthy to do that and kind of go, what kind of season am I in in my life right now? Because if it's winter, you dress differently than summer, right? If you're in a season of growth, that may be different than a season of transition, So you have to ask yourself, what kind of season am I in? Now, sometimes it's blurry. We'll talk about that. Let me show you a passage of Scripture. If you have your Bibles, turn to Joshua chapter 1 real quick. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. Like, I want to show you, like, seasons transition. This is is the part where God is handing the, the keys to the kingdom, if you will, of Israel to Joshua. He's saying, Joshua, you're going to lead them into the promised land. And watch what he says here. It says, after the death of Moses... The servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid. Okay, so this said this was after whose death? Moses, for, for, who for at least 40 years was a mentor to Joshua. Probably one of the closest people in his life. Do you think Joshua's in a season of grieving? Absolutely. Verse 2, here's what God says. Moses, my servant, is dead. Well, that's a fine how do you do, isn't it? Moses, my servant, is dead. Joshua, you are in a season of grief and transition. Rest of that. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. He just told them to get ready. So Joshua, at some point, you got to go from a season of transition into a season of preparation. And then verse 3, I'll give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Hey, Joshua, you've been in a season of transition. I'm calling you to a season of preparation so that I can bring you into a season of blessing. 
You see kind of the progression there? Yes or no? Okay, all right, good. Those burgers, I'm telling you. So we have these seasons, transition, preparation, blessing. Here's, here's, here's something. I, I believe that oftentimes you may be coming out of one season while you're going into another. Right? You, you may be moving into a season of transition, but you're still grieving in some way. You may be preparing yourself when God begins to pour out blessing. And the other thing that I think is interesting is you can be in different seasons in your life in different ways. You may be in a season that's full of blessing in your home, but work is a really tough season. And you can have these different seasons going on in different ways in your life. So how do you identify what season you're in? I think there's different factors, right? Sometimes it has to do with your age. Sometimes it has to do with the season that your family is in. Sometimes it has to do with life experience. Like if you've just experienced some kind of trauma or crisis, that may define the season, right? But let's, let's, just, let's just play a little game for a minute just to kind of think about this. If we're going to talk about seasons, and you could, you could go all kinds of different directions here, but let's make it real simple. Let's say that the seasons we're talking about are fall, winter, spring, and summer. Think about that. What kind of season am I in? If I'm in a fall season in my life right now, in my family or in my work or in my relationships or maybe my relationship with God, a fall season is probably one where there's some transitioning happen. Maybe, maybe you're even beginning to see something changing. Maybe even there's something that's, that's moving out of the way so that God can move something new in in some way. So a fall season is probably a season of transition. A winter season is, is probably more like a season of waiting, isn't it? Because it seems like nature waits during the winter. Sometimes waiting feels like dying, doesn't it? <laughs> Sometimes there's that waiting that happens before new life can come. The good news is, though, that nature's usually pretty busy during the winter, isn't it? It looks like death and waiting to us, but there's more going on there. And then there's seasons of spring. Now, that's a season where you're growing, where there's new life that's coming, where something vibrant is happening in your life. You, you know those kind of seasons but where you have a great expectation, where there's something new that's happening. And then sometimes you have summer seasons, which are seasons of great blessing. Sometimes they're a season of, of harvest in some way. Now, I know that's super simple and maybe even somewhat cheesy, but I would ask you to consider that. What season are you in? Like maybe even in different areas of your life. Maybe in your family, it's a, it's a bit of a season that's fall and there's some transition happening. But maybe in some of your relationships, it's spring and something new is happening. Maybe in your job, you're reaping some benefits of long-term faithfulness and you feel like you're in a summer season. But it's good for you to acknowledge and define those things because once you know what season you're in, then it helps you to know how to live out that season. Does that make sense? Okay, so, so the first question is, what kind of season do you find yourself in? Let me take you to a second question. Let's make this real personal. You define the season. Here's the second question. What should you be doing in this season? <laughs> right, if this is the season that you're in, then seasonally, how should you be living? Like, what should you be doing in this season? Because you, you don't just sit back. You make the most of the season that you're in. Read through the book of Proverbs and over and over again, you see this admonition that you are to do what you can in the season that you're in. If it's time to plant, you plant. If it's time to harvest, you harvest. Make the most of the season you're in. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 9, that passage we've been in, it says, what do workers gain from their toil? I've seen the burden God has laid on the human race. We don't have time to really dig into the book of Ecclesiastes, but sometimes it's a little bit of a downer. You ever read it? We see it as a downer at first, 
But you have to get the big picture and understand the perspective that it's giving to what life's really all about. Verse 12 says, I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. You see what it says here? Whatever season you're in, make the most of it. Make the most of where you're at. Let me give you just a little piece of encouragement. Like, we, we really can't do a whole lot in Toledo about how long winter is or how short spring is. And I would encourage you, seasons cannot be controlled. Like if you're trying to, to control the seasons in your life, they cannot be controlled. But I do believe that they can be influenced, right? In a spiritual sense, I do think there's ways in which we influence the seasons that we're in. Now, you will always go through different seasons, but I think this is key. Um, you can extend a season that is good, or you can extend a season that is bad, oftentimes based on obedience, right? So if you want God's blessing in your life, you should obey his word. True or false? <laughs> True, right? So if I want to continue to receive God's blessing, when I, when I obey him, that opens up the pathway for blessing. When I disobey him, what happens? It, it oftentimes closes that pathway, right? Like if I want God's blessing in my life, but I'm just doing what I want to do, if I'm not living according to his word, then how can I expect his blessing to come? So by, by following his principles, I can extend the blessing, I think, in certain seasons. And I think too many of us, it's not so much that we think about obedience or disappointment or, or disobedience. We just don't think at all. So we just, we just live with apathy, right? We're just, I'm, just, I'm just doing it, and I'm hoping for the best. I'm not thinking about how I might be able to set myself up for God's blessing or how what I'm doing might be eliminating some of God's blessings in my life. Because that's not that God doesn't want to bless you. Sometimes it's just that where we find ourselves. And I think that apathy, then we just leave our life to chance. Then it's just like the weather. And we're, you know, we're, we're, we're using our weather app to see whether God's blessing is going to come or not. When there's things that we can do in our lives. Psalm 90 verse 12. Th think of this passage. Psalm 90 12 says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Lord, help me to think about the days that I'm in. So let me challenge you. Appreciate the season that you're in. Like whatever that season may be. It may be one you want to be in. I love summer. Or it may be you're going through a fall season and you're seeing all this transition and it's got you a little apprehensive. Appreciate the season that you're in. Acknowledge it. Say, look, I may be in a season that stinks right now. I don't like it. But this is where I'm at. Is part of why I'm in this season something that's in my control? Like, did I, did I make choices that put me in this season? Are there things I can do to help maybe move me forward out of this season? Appreciate the season that you're in. And then can I, can I challenge you? I think this is a big deal. Do what is seasonal, <laughs> right? In the season that you're in, do whatever is, is healthy in that season. So let me give you a few examples. If you're in a fall season in your life where there's change happening, Ask God, God, how can I make the most of this change? How, how, do I, how do I accomplish what you want to accomplish through this season of change? Too many times when we go through change, all we see is the loss. Does that make sense? And we don't look for the opportunity. We don't look for what God might be trying to do there. We don't look for new doorways. And I know that's, that's super tough when the change may come with grief. When the change comes with loss, when the change comes with pain, 
But in those places, can you say, God, how do I make the most of this change? And can I tell you, sometimes there are things that only happen through change in our lives. If you're in a winter season that feels like you're waiting, ask yourself, what am I waiting for? Then how am I preparing for it? And is this season of waiting actually something where I should be resting? Is this season of waiting actually time when it might be healthy for me to stop something in my life? Like, how do I use this winter to prepare for spring? If you're in a spring season in your life, then you grow and bloom, baby, right? <laughs> you, you do what you're to do in that season. And if you're in a summer, then you enjoy the blessings when you can. You enjoy the harvest that you're in. When, when Peter wrote his letter to the churches that he wrote to in the New Testament, they were probably in what most of us would call a nasty fall to winter season. It was filled with storms and it was cold. There was plenty of loss and even death because of the persecution that they were experiencing as Christians. Peter writes to them, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. 1 Peter 4, 12, listen to what he says. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. He's saying to them, look, you're in a winter season, so don't be surprised by it. None of us who live in Northwest Ohio should walk out of the door one February morning and go, oh my, what is this white stuff, right? We know what it is. <laughs> and he says, look, don't, don't be surprised that if you're in a winter season, there may be some things that come your way. Don't think it's strange. He goes, verse 13, but rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. He says, make the most of the winter you're in because when you get to summer, you're gonna see something beautiful. I think oftentimes we use seasons as an excuse. Well, my spiritual life is struggling because, or my relationships are struggling because, or God can't use me because. I think this is true. God can allow your life to be consistent even when your world is not. Think about this for just a moment. God can allow your life to be consistent that you, you, can, you can stay faithful in a relationship with him during different seasons. I'm not saying it's not tough and that things don't change, but even if your world is not consistent, your life can be. It's kind of along the lines we looked at a couple weeks ago. Um, do, you remember, do you remember the line? It was a sermon a couple weeks ago that says, just because the journey's been long, you don't have to be a grumpy traveler. Does anybody remember that? Multiple people have quoted that to me since then, but I've not appreciated Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7. Jeremiah 17, 7. Some of you may want to write this down. This, this may be something to pray over your life. Jeremiah 17, 7. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. The leaves are always green. 
It has no worries in a year of drought. It never fails to bear fruit. Do you hear all the different seasons there? You got this season of heat. You got the season of green. You got the drought. And yet it never fails to bear fruit in every season. Why is that? Because it's planted by the source and by the water. And just because your seasons and your world changes, it doesn't mean that your, your life with God has to change. He can be your constant and your consistent in all those seasons. So you identify what kind of season are you in. Then my question for you is, based on that season, what should you be doing? And then here's the third thing, and I think this is really important to think about. We'll wrap up quick here. What is God doing in this season? Not just what should you be doing in this season, but ultimately maybe the question is, what is God doing in this season? Like the season I find myself in, what's God trying to do? If I want to make the most of it, then I need to recognize, do I determine the seasons or does God determine them? <laughs> Help me out. Do I determine them or does God determine them? God determines them. So if he's determining them, maybe I should think about what he's trying to do through them. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 14 tells us this that God gives seasons purpose. So let's, let's just park here for just a minute because spring and summer, and I, I know this is theoretical. Some of you would go, well, I like winter. That's okay, and that's cool, and, and I think we all should learn to love parts of every season, right? But just track with me here for just a moment. By and large, we would think of spring as a season of growth, summer as a season of blessing, right? Can we just say that? Some of you aren't in spring or summer right now in an area of your life. Some of you are in a fall where things are changing or a winter where it feels like things are dying. And it's really important for you to hear this. In that place where you're at, it's really important for you to know that God gives seasons purpose. Like he didn't design the seasons that the world goes through for no reason. He did it because there's a purpose to seasons. All of life has these kairos rhythms that we talked about. God gives seasons purpose. Verse 14 of Ecclesiastes 3, I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it so that people will fear him. Not like be scared of him, but respect and be in awe of him. God's, God's doing something with a purpose in your season, right? We quote it so much that it becomes cliche sometimes, but things are cliche for a reason. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. A lot of you know this. You can quote it with me. And we know that in all things, God works for the what? <laughs> Good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So God has a purpose in these seasons. But can I show you something real quick? Revelation chapter 13. If you have your Bibles, turn there with me real quick. Like, like the book of Revelation is difficult to understand. True or false? <laughs> True. Like it's hard to understand. And, and that's, that's a part of where I'm at, like in my personal Bible reading right now. So earlier this week, I'm, I'm reading through the book of Revelation. I get to chapter 13, and there's stuff about beasts and dragons and all these questions that you try to answer and kind of fascinate you, but you're not sure you have the right answer. Anybody with me? But we know that it's a conversation there about how God's people go through hard times. And then God says this, which kind of bothered me at first. Verse 9, whoever has ears, let them hear. He says this multiple times in the book of Revelation, but it's always when he's talking to God's people and he's trying to get the church's attention. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Right, that's, that's kind of code in Revelation for, look up here, right? Because <laughs> I'm talking to you right now, he says. And then he says this, if anyone is to go into captivity, 
Into captivity they will go. If anyone is to be killed with the sword, with the sword they will be killed. And I went, well, that's pessimistic. <laughs> right? It almost sounds like a little ditty. If anyone is to go into captivity, into captivity they will go. Right? I mean, it's just kind of got that. Like, I'm like, that's not good. And then I read it again. And it, it kind of struck me, and God's saying, look, there will be times when hard times may come your way. And if a hard time comes your way, then maybe that's just a part of the way. Like maybe that's a season. And I don't mean to minimize any of this because basically this is talking about persecution, suffering, and death here, right? And he says, look, if it comes your way, then it comes your way. And then he says this. This calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of God's people. He's at chapter 13 here. He's a little over halfway through the book of Revelation. You know how the book of Revelation ends, right? If you don't, who wins? We do. <laughs> Sorry, I just spoiled it for you. But we win. But what he walks you through here is before it gets better, it got worse. And there may be seasons where he says, look, in order for me to bring the victory I'm trying to bring about, not just for you, but for the kingdom, there may be times, if you got ears to hear, listen to this, there may be times when tough things happen that the best information you get on it is if you're going to go into captivity, into captivity you will go. This calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of God's people. You may say, why have I been stuck in a winter season for so long? I don't know. I know God has a purpose, and I know in the end he wins, so you win. But I can't define for you. I, I can't spell out for you why this season has been so long. I just know that's the season that's there. But I do know this. One last thought, and I'm going to invite the worship team to come if you would, please. That not only does God give seasons purpose, but God gives seasons beauty. He gives those seasons beauty. One last, one last verse, especially if you're in a tough season, Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse 11. He has made, Ecclesiastes 3.11, he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. You know what is over every season? Eternity. We go through our seasons longing for eternity, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to the end. We just know this. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Let's just be honest. Every season is beautiful, isn't it? Like I've, I've gone outside in the summer and said, I never want to go inside again. Anyone else? And then because of Adam and Eve, we have mosquitoes, and I go inside. But that's a, whole, that's a whole nother sermon. And I can tell you, some of my favorite moments are outside by a bonfire in the fall or the colors that we see when the leaves change. I've, I've looked outside my window and seen ice on branches and said, that's breathtaking, Right? There's things in the spring when things come to life that stir something inside of us. Does every season have its own beauty? Yes. I, I would challenge you to think back 
Because usually we go to the beautiful seasons. We say, ah, those are good memories. But think about some of the winters in your life. Think about some of the falls in your life that you didn't like it when the leaves were falling off the trees, and yet you look back now and you say, there wouldn't have been that new growth if it hadn't been for that fall. Right, there's these seasons. I, I can tell you, I'll probably share about this here in a couple of weeks, but I can tell you about a winter season that I went through back in the, in the winter of 2007 and 2008 where I thought my life would never be the same again. Like just this cloud that covered me during that season. Can I tell you, I don't ever want to go back there. But I can also tell you this, during that season, Jesus was as close to me during that time as he's ever been, right? In all those seasons, God's doing something. And so can I tell you this? I think our best decision is to praise him in every season. And say, God, whatever season I'm in, it's yours. You're the God of the seasons. Here's the good news. God's love is not seasonal, right? <laughs> right? Like, like I was in a restaurant the other day, and I was like, hey, you got this anymore? And they're like, no, sorry, that's seasonal. Yeah, but I want it now. I don't care if it's seasonal, I'm hungry. God's love is not seasonal. He's like, well, I can love you from August through the end of October. He doesn't say that. His love is constant. So if his love isn't seasonal, should our praise be seasonal? No, we praise him all the time. So I'm going to invite you to stand with me, if you would, please. We're going to sing a song about praising the Lord and praising him in every season of our lives. And as we sing this, I would challenge you to take the things we've thought about tonight and, and, and apply this. You're like, what season are you in? And wherever that season is, would you begin just to praise him? In fact, would you do that just right now? If you're comfortable, just lift your hands to him and just begin to praise him. Lift your voice to him. God, we praise you. Lord, we thank you here tonight. God, we give you glory. We give you praise. We thank you that no matter what season, no matter what's happening in our lives, God, you are constant. You are the one that we can always trust. We always put our hope in you. And so we look to you tonight. In these next few moments, let's praise a God who never changes and give him praise tonight. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship his holy. Sun. 
go into the next verse, one of the things that is, is special about these services is we've got, we've got some time, and we've got some of that time. Here's what I would encourage you with. If, if you're in a season, and look, we, we're, we're quick to not to respond sometimes because we're afraid that um, somebody might think something of us, you know, kind of thing. When I say if you're in a season, here's what I mean. <laughs> if you're in a winter where you feel like things are dying, or if you're in a summer where you say, God, how do I make the most out of what you've entrusted to me? Like if you're just in a season that you just say, God, I'm not so sure I'm, I'm person enough for this season. God, I don't know that I've got all that it takes. Or maybe you're just saying, God, there's this season and I just wanna give it to you. Can I encourage you, these altars are open. That if you wanna come and find a place just to kneel or pray, or if you wanna ask somebody, hey, will you pray with me or will you come with me or you wanna pray for one another? We, we've got these next few moments. We've got time to open up in that way. If you'd love for someone to pray with you or if you just say, God, I, I feel like, what, what did we say the other day? I think sometimes a move of God requires me to move my feet, right? And if you would just say, God, I need to be serious about giving this season to you and you wanna come and kneel here. Maybe you and your spouse are going through a, a time that, that's either tough or filled with opportunity. Maybe it's a fall transition. I don't know what it is, but you wanna come and you wanna pray together and take a few moments and say, God, we give this season to you. Can I encourage you, these altars are open just to come, find a place to kneel and to pray as we continue to worship and address these things to the Lord. As the team continues to lead us, if you wanna come, come and find a place here to pray. You're rich in love and you're slow to is great and your heart is kind for all your goodness I will keep on singing ten thousand reasons for my heart to find come on bless the Lord bless the Lord oh my soul
on the spot if you want but like some somebody I feel is standing there going hey interesting teaching tonight winter spring summer or fall all you gotta do is call and I'll be there right I mean that's just kind of the like I get it but here's the deal I don't have a clue what season I'm in like I don't know where I'm at I don't know if I'm coming or going and some days I think things are good and some days they're not and I'm not exactly sure what's going on and I just need to know that God's the God of whatever season I'm in and that he's going to guide me is there anybody in that spot you're just like I don't have a clue okay father we come to you and Lord we thank you that even when when we don't know you do and Lord we don't have to get tricky and try to figure out exactly every part of our lives we just know that we put it in your hands we trust you God Lord, we know you are the God of every season and you're the God who never fails. And so we bless your name, Lord. We bless you. You are the God of every season, so we will praise you in every season. And you are the one who makes beauty out of our waiting. And you are the one, God, who walks us through seasons of transition because you know the glory that's on the other side. And even in those days of blessing and harvest, we acknowledge that that's nothing to do with us and it's all because of you. And Lord, there's some folks here tonight who need to hear that there's a spring season coming in their life. There's something new that you wanna grow and develop and bloom and blossom, no matter what their age or where they're at, there's something you're doing. God, would you let them put their confidence and trust in you? Lord, we thank you that when your word says, there is a season and a time to everything. God, that you make all things beautiful in your time. And so we entrust these times to you. Lord, thanks for your presence here tonight. Lord, thanks for the work you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Look, I, I believe that the main course at the marriage supper, the lamb just might be ice cream. <laughs> but if God's not done with you here in this room, if you need somebody to pray with you, if you need to take a couple of minutes just to do business with God, please don't, please don't hurry. We won't let, Rich and I won't eat all of it, right? Amen, right? A lot, but not all. So that kind of thing. 
Look, uh, if you have kids, you could help us by picking them up first. That would be wonderful. Please don't, please don't hurry off. This is a great night to do some fellowship. When we come into church, sometimes I think we make it about Jesus and me, and it should be about Jesus and we, right? And so encourage one another, strengthen one another here tonight. Father, as we go from here, we ask that you would go with us. Lord, would you send us out with your special favor and your wonderful peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Make your way to the back of the atrium and let's spend some time together. Thanks for being here. See you Sunday.